The fact that an opinion has been widely held is no evidence whatever that it is not utterly absurd. Indeed, in view of the silliness of the majority of mankind, a widely spread belief is more likely to be foolish than sensible. Bertrand Russell. Voltaire has been quoted as saying, those that can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. When I see what's going on in places like Kenosha, by Trump supporters shooting demonstrators, I can't help but think that that idea first presented several hundred years ago still has a painful accuracy today in the 21st century. And between the militias shooting the demonstrators and the cops beating them up and jailing them, I think we've got the atrocity part covered. I want to spend a little more time looking at the absurdity part of the equation that Voltaire presented. And when I think absurdity these days, I think QAnon. About as absurd as things can get. They choose something to believe and no amount of information is going to change their mind. I guess they're a lot like our president who still has, seems to believe that at some point this COVID-19 well, this coronavirus caused COVID-19 is just going to uh, disappear as soon as it gets confronted by a strong breeze. You could look at it as being optimistic, but I think you'd be more justified looking at it as idiotic, willfully ignorant. These Q people with their unfalsifiable ideas, I don't know, I figure most of you probably know now, but the idea is this person or a group of people calling themselves Q, Q is understood to represent the, the highest level you can get working in the Department of Energy. And the Anon comes from the fact that a person or a group of people need to remain anonymous and they only post on anonymous chat boards to protect their identities. And on these anonymous boards, Q is known to post assertions, statements, weird, enigmatic posts, devotees interpret in many interesting put it mildly ways it it it's not interesting it's crazy it's illogical it's delusional it's insane these cue drops cues clues if you will I guess originally tended to be a little bit more specific 
but then most of them turned out to be untrue, demonstrably untrue. So over time, the predictions, statements, assertions, if you will, have grown more vague, and they leave a lot open for interpretation. I want to just grab a few of these Q drops. MSM attacks. Round two. Mossad attempts failed. Clown attempts failed. Expect bigger push. FBI for open investigation. Fear is real. Fear regarding Twitter throttling and shadow ban coded. Hashtag QAnon. And I gotta admit, it is tempting to try to discern some meaning from these kind of statements. And it's tempting to just write it off as a bunch of nonsense, but it's for real, and it's getting bigger. The president is retweeting and referencing them and talking about QAnon favorably. We've got a woman out of Georgia, the 14th Congressional District, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's full-on in with QAnon. This is some dangerous stuff. It's not just people playing around with some ideas. These are people believing some weird stuff. Armed people believing some weird stuff. And with Twitter and its endless repetition, bots designed to repeat this stuff. Feels like some sort of intentional disinformation campaign. Could just be that the robots are so smart programmed to keep people's attention. But so what are all these drops that we're getting from Q, these messages? What are they telling us about? What is all this leading to? And what they're basically telling us is we just have to wait till the moment when everything comes together, they call it the Trump and Mueller are working together to end this horrible, cannibalistic, child abusing, secret ring of elites, members of the Democratic Party and Hollywood and and big money Jews, you know, like George Soros and Bill Gates, and wait, before you say Bill Gates isn't Jewish, in their minds, he can be, very easily, all they have to do is think it. All the people that these working class conservatives already dislike. And if you look at the numbers, it's got to be more than just them. Not just the working class. Let's just say conservatives. No, but that's still not accurate either. We have to call it the gullible conservatives. A lot of evangelical Christians and those types. Anyway, of anyway so even the pandemic, the pandemic was, ha was created to give cover so that people would be in off the streets and stuff so they could go in and make their arrests. Hillary Clinton has already been arrested. 
Oh, sure. I know you're saying, well, I still see her in the meat. That is a body double. Don't be fooled. John F. Kennedy Jr. is part of the movement. Him and Mueller and Trump. Hillary tried to kill JFK Jr., but he just used that as an opportunity to go underground and join the fight. All working together. And what's really funny about all this is there is real crimes being committed. The president is breaking up families, tearing children away from their families, taking away health care from people. During a pandemic, while the unemployment is skyrocketing. Threatening to undo Social Security and Medicare. He let thousands and thousands of additional deaths occur simply because he did not want to think about the coronavirus coming to the United States and what it could do. But that's not what these people are worried about. And they're not worried about Jeffrey Epstein and Trump's friendship with Epstein as he serially molested underage girls. But that's not who they're after either. No, no, no. It all goes back to Hillary for some reason. Because she's evil. Yeah, there's plenty of information out there. I just wonder what percentage of it is worth taking in. Well, for some people, it seems like anything's worth taking in as long as it can support what they want to believe. Back when I was reading Sherlock Holmes stories, I remember one particular thing that stuck with me the most was, I don't recall whether Holmes was talking with Watson or a police chief or inspector or prefect, but they asked him how he was able to solve crimes when the police weren't able to. And he said very simply that he went forward only looking at evidence and then letting it lead him to a conclusion. Whereas police investigators would find who they thought was the most likely suspect and then look for evidence that supported their conclusion or their belief. And that they would twist information to fit what they suspected or believed to be true. And I find that that's probably true with all of us. There's a name for it, I believe it's called a cognitive bias or confirmation bias, where you have a belief and then you just look for stuff that confirms what you already thought. And I felt that I've seen people that are not dumb say really dumb things that have no actual supporting evidence. Well, I guess I can't say none because with the internet, if you dig deep enough, you can find support for just about any belief. I was talking to a guy the other day about COVID-19. I had mentioned that I had read that if we could get universal mask compliance, I mean universal, everybody on the planet wearing masks, for 28 days, we could put this virus on the run. It would no longer be able to spread. It would lose its foothold. Now he told me 
cases of COVID-19 in Taiwan. I said, 15 cases or 15 deaths? He said, 15 cases. He said, you want to know why? I said, sure, I want to know why. He says, because they use hydroxychloroquine uh, regularly, and it's built up in the population. So I told him I'd never heard that before. And I said no more, even though I was rather skeptical. So when I got to my computer, I did a little research, and I discovered that while he wasn't correct, there had only been, at the time, 247 cases, I believe, and seven deaths, which is mighty impressive compared to, well, like what's happening with the United States or Brazil or India and many other places. getting his information. I did not look for the 15 cases, but I did investigate the promotion of the hydroxychloroquine. And the only place that I could find supporting information for his ideas were on places like the sites from like the American Family Association and the One News Now. And then, of course, we end up with Fox News not exactly saying that it's effective, but implying that it is, or it may very well be. And in some ways, this parallels my understanding of how RT, Russia Times, disinformation network has been infiltrating the United States marketplace of ideas. They present their conspiracy theory. Alex Jones picks it up and amplifies it. When Alex Jones mentions it, then Breitbart reports it. When it gets to Breitbart, then Fox is justified or feels justified in reporting it. Dick Cheney used to use a similar technique during the whole invasion of Iraq under in during the Bush 2 regime. But he used to give interviews to New York Times reporters, make all kinds of claims, and then the next day say, well, you know, that information was in the New York Times, implying that it had to be true because it had been published in the Times when the reporters were simply doing their job, reporting what he said. Interesting form of manipulation. She's manipulating both credibility and the information system. I was listening to the GIST podcast the other day. Mike Pesca had a fill-in. I forget what her name is right now. I'll find it later. Annie Duke. But one of the things that she mentioned that I found quite fascinating was the fact that people can be led to believe things that aren't true 
simply by hearing them three times or more. And if you've ever watched one of those compilations over at Media Matters where they show all the different Fox hosts after they get their talking points, just all repeating the same thing, almost word for word. And then we've got Twitter, which has become little more than a repetition machine through the use of retweets. She used as an example the claim that giraffes were the only mammals that couldn't jump. And they did a psychological study where they brought people back three times and asked them, or made the same statement three times, I think asking them whether it was true or false. And by the third time, people began to believe it was true, or at least a large percentage of the people began to believe it was true. Even though it's obvious, hippos and elephants aren't going to be getting all four feet off the ground. If pictures are added to the repetition, it's even more likely to have the desired effect, or at least a reinforcing effect, I should say. May or may not be desired. I don't think it was desired in this study. As I think about this more, I can't really say that we were lied to when they said that we were moving into the information age. Because I don't recall them saying that it would be accurate or reliable information or truthful information or even useful information. They just called it the information age. And it's more like information would be a tool or even a commodity to be bought and sold. And I think I'm most disturbed by how many people are buying crap. Confabulation. I mean, I know it's always been true to a degree. There's a sucker born every minute. And look at all the different religions we got out there. I'd say 90% of them are based on malarkey. Even if they started out as something good, they turned into malarkey. And just looking at the religious element for a moment, Herman Cain is back from the dead, or at least his Twitter account is, tweeting criticisms of steps being taken to combat the spread of the coronavirus. The same virus that killed Herman Cain. But that doesn't stop people from reading it and retweeting it. Misinformation seems to be having a profound influence on what's happening around us today. Seems like most other industries are slowing down due to the pandemic and the economic turmoil that, that brings about. And not the information people. They're just jiving and driving. In our market-based society, information is another commodity to be bought and sold, just like a strawberry. But if you buy a strawberry and you find out that it's rotten, it's best not to consume it. Caveat emptor. emptor.